Longhorn Nation, we're back! Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Welcome back to your garbage-free sports show. We are the Rivalry Podcast. My name is Mitch. He is Jace. We are so thankful that you are here for our second to last episode of the season. Can you believe it? I can't, and yet it also makes me super sad because that means that we've got one college football game left, the national championship on Monday. And then you have this big six to eight month period where you have no, like you got some recruiting news, but you have no college football games. I don't even want to think about what that's going to be like. It's it's always a sad time of the year. However, there is one thing that is going to keep me going, and that's the Alliance of American Football, the minor football league that's coming out. What? We'll talk about that maybe in the offseason. Maybe it's, we won't. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm all about it. Anyway, you can follow us as always at Jason Mitch on Twitter and listen wherever you're listening now and tell your friends about us because we like it when that happens. All right, we're going to dive in this episode for what happened in the bowl games. How did we do with our predictions? I'm excited to talk about that because I did far better than you <laughs> Which, did. by the way, if you missed uh, last episode's whatever it is, like 30, 40 game rapid fire selection, go back and maybe check that first. It is a, a boatload of fun. And then we're coming so. back. Then like pause this now, then come back to us as we find out. Uh, and I always do poorly, by the way. In these bull pickums, like I do this with my family every single year, and I am never good at this. And I thought maybe this is the year that I turn the corner. It sounds as though from the way Mitchell's looking at me, I'm smiling. That, that is not the big. case. So there were 39 official bowl games because the, the total there's 41. One got canceled, and Was the that, national uh, championship is Boise yeah. State Boston College. Right, that's a win for both of us, right? Absolutely. Well, I, I didn't so. count it. I just okay, said that's nothing. Fine. So there's 39. So Jace went 17 out of 39. That's 44 percent, which isn't ideal. And and I went 20, I went 26 for 39. So 66%, not, not bad. If I do say so myself and might, I also add that every staunch opposition that Jace had, Texas is coming to mind, but (laughs) every staunch opposition he had to my pick, I got right. You just go back and listen. It's so much fun. I said, Texas is back, baby. And verbatim, he said, that is the most ridiculous thing that I ever heard. Texas will lose by 20. The All-State Sugar Bowl, Texas, and Georgia. Texas is back, baby. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Texas is back. Georgia by 20. Is what he said. So Clearly, Texas. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can. Do we, have the, do we have the sound clip for that? But Sam Ellinger, uh, at the end of winning the Sugar Bowl, leans into the microphone. The single greatest sound clip of the entire season. We've got it right here. Listen. Longhorn Nation, we're back. Still cannot believe that Texas beat Georgia after all the talk about Georgia being in the playoffs and they should go in the SEC. Texas comes out and gets a win. That's beautiful. It's good for the game. ESPN comes out with a post bowl game list of the top 25. And of course, you know where Ohio State is. Number four, right where they should have been, but it's okay. It's hindsight. It's whatever. It's it, it is what it is. Let's talk about the Rose Bowl now that Ohio State's coming up. Number six, Ohio State beats number nine Washington 28 to 23 and through three quarters of that game it was a boring now maybe not if you're a Buckeye fan but it was a boring it was game rela- it was enjoyable it was relaxing you, were, you weren't nervous about the not game until you got all. into the fourth quarter exactly and I mean 
You're up by 25 points. With what, 12 minutes to go? It makes sense for them to kind of like relax a little bit. This is a classic Ohio State situation where, okay, we've got it in the bag. Let's all, let's just, you know, lean off the gas and just enjoy it and re- enjoy while we're here. And then, oh my gosh, you get to uh, less than a minute left. And we're like, we might lose this game. You know, well, that's just classic. It, someone Ohio described State. it as for three quarters, Ohio State played like, oh yeah, we should have been in the playoff. And then the fourth quarter was, oh, that's right. This is why we're not. I, I don't think, I think that's accurate though. Because, how is that not accurate? Because you had the game in the bag. If it was a, we're struggling the whole game, then absolutely we don't deserve You're to be in the You're telling me in Urban Meyer's last game that the team took their foot off the gas. I don't buy it. I think what you saw was a not very good Washington offense, a hyped up Ohio State defense who has felt disrespected this year, who was playing their tails off and then started getting exposed on the little slant routes and the deep shots, just like they did every other game this year. 25 points. You think you got it in the bag. I do think it was the perfect way to send off Coach Meyer because almost all the times that I can remember him coaching, it was in a very stressful situation. He's falling on his face at the Michigan game. He's got his hands on his head. He's wiping the sweat off every his Every time it came up during the Rose Bowl, I looked at everyone in the room and said, man, I'm going to miss this. I, it's fun to watch. And I thought it was awesome that, yeah, they're up by 25 points at the end of the third quarter, a guy drops a pass and he's mad on the sideline, shaking his head. This is the last game he's going to coach. And he was still burning as hot as ever. It was so cool. It was surreal to think that it was the last game. And the most surreal moment when was the video of him giving the last locker room speech. And I was like, man, this truly is, no pun intended, the end of an era. I guess pun intended. Why not? Like, Urban Meyer coaching at Ohio State is done and over. It was an amazing chapter of Ohio State football. But watching him do that ceremonial change of the whistle, taking it off him, putting it on Ryan Day, and immediately you could see this is going to be a different time of coaching because Urban is very intense. He's looking at everybody. He's one of the most intense people I have ever seen. And Ryan Day gets the whistle on and immediately gets this weird, like, cheese, like, I can't even believe this is happening sort of grin and everybody's freaking out. He's just so much more relatable. Anyway, before I get too far into the whole coaching change, we'll cover that next week and well, stuff but like that. Just to kind of kind of give a, a little bit of a wrap up on that. And I agree. We will talk more about that uh, as we wrap up the season next week. It, it's still a little bit. It is a little bit odd to me. You know, it, this has been one of the weirdest off seasons in Buckeye history, at least recent history, with all the, the we'll just call it the everything swirling around Urban Meyer. Um what seemed like a frayed relationship with the school, with the AD, with the president, and now to announce, you know what, I'm done this year, and then to stay on with the universe. It's just, it's one of those things. And I was telling somebody this weekend, too, I want to like Urban Meyer. He seems like a very likable guy. And again, you know, I'm a staunch, obviously, I'm a staunch Wolverine fan. I want to like Urban Meyer, but there's just something about that. I. <laughs> it's just a weird, like, right? It's a weird situation. And I... It just it smells funky to me still. We won't go dig up everything that happened in the offseason. But the one thing I guess you can have if you're a Buckeye fan is Urban saying, you know what? I'm staying on with the university. I'm not going to coach again. But also the Notre Dame job <laughs> might be coming open. I don't so, think we'll, so we'll see. But we'll talk more about that next week. Looking back at the Rose Bowl real quick, Haskins did great, as as great as he'd played all year. He had 68% completion, 251 yards, and three touchdowns to make 
touchdown passes this season and no interceptions. Will he come back? He says it's 50-50. I really do think that Patterson <laughs> saying that he's coming back is making him stir a little because Weber, really? Rep, Web, Mike Weber, our running back, who also played his last also in quotation marks, played his last game, averaged over six yards per carry. He had a great game. When he tweeted out a couple weeks ago that he was declaring for the NFL, Dwayne Haskins tweets saying, but one more year, Mikey, with like a little tear face. So why would he say that unless he was thinking about coming back? I sincerely think that he's, as as Ryan Day says, is taking his time with this decision. In my mind, it makes sense for him to go to the NFL. But I don't know what this type of allegiance to the Ohio State University is unlike anything you'd see elsewhere. So he might come back. And I don't know if I'd be upset about it. He's he's amazing. Well, it's yeah, a of shame. course you wouldn't be upset about it it's, if he comes back. It's a shame that this season, which is the best quarterback season Ohio State has ever had, is always going to be covered up by Urban's last season. You know, like when you look back to the 2018 well, season, oh, that was Urban's last Ur- season. Urban's last season and the, the again, the offseason that was had, that's what's going to overshadow this. I think for for Haskins, I don't think it's so much Shea Patterson coming back that's really going to affect his decision that much. I think if anything, it's it's one of two things. If you And you can go, again, 50-50. You can go either way on this. Justin Hebert coming back to Oregon means that instead of being probably the first quarterback taken in the draft, now Dwayne Haskins has a chance to be that first quarterback because I don't think he would have been the first. Um, as great of a season as he had. Kyler Murray's not going to the NFL. Which I like. So I feel like if you are going to go after the season that you just had, from a personal standpoint, I will be shocked if Dwayne Haskins does not declare for the NFL. And yet, too. And yet, that hunger, is that desire for that shot at the national title, is that enough for Dwayne to come back? That's the one thing that I could see him going, okay, we've got the talent still around me to go and actually make a run for the title this year. And I think I'm coming back to do it. That's the one thing I don't expect that. But if you're a Buckeye fan, you're kind of crossing your fingers going, okay. And if not, you've got Tate Martell, but you also have Justin Fields looking at transferring in as a side note, Tate Martell. Did you see him throw a little bit of shade at Justin Fields? I, I didn't, I didn't see this. He tweeted out. And you can, and this is just kind of paraphrasing, but he tweeted out that guy hasn't put a second of effort into Buckeye football, which is true, which is technically. true. Do Buckeye fans actually like Tate Martell? Tate Martell is very, very out. athletic, very good at football. He's also very cocky and he, he comes in to run and he can't do anything. With However, it. I was impressed that he said he would be on the team no matter what happens with Justin Fields. So I, I guess I don't he know. got that. So speaking of t- other, again, con- time will tell. Speaking of confusing things, let's talk about the Peach Bowl. Yeah, no kidding. I'm not even going to fight you on that. It's just so, a sad thing. Like there was such a great season in the works and it just kind of lent like ended with a it, blah. It's mi- it's mi- as a lifelong Michigan fan. It's Michigan doing Michigan things in big games. And people are, and again, we will talk about this next week, so don't check out on us, okay? People are going to look at that game, and they're going to look at Jim Harbaugh first and foremost and say, why can't you win the big game? Which is a a valid question. Without showing my entire hand for next episode, Jim Harbaugh is not the guy blowing coverage on defense. If anybody, that's on Don Brown. And guess what? No one's saying a word about getting rid of the defensive coordinator, okay? They are saying something about... Pep no, Hamilton. I am all for Pep Hamilton going because this this idea that we're going to play Bo Schembechler football in 2019 
Boy, that feels good to say. In 2019, <laughs> where we're going to run off tackle, run off tackle, and then we're going to throw the ball and hope that Zach Gentry catches it. That doesn't work today. That doesn't work in the Big Ten anymore. That doesn't work when you play SEC opponents or teams like Ohio State with a lot of speed and, and talent. So I, I think that is probably the biggest thing that I want to see Michigan change in the offseason. I will, I will hold back on my entire rant about Jim Harbaugh haters. But I think that something in the offense, and I think it's Pep Hamilton, needs to change. Otherwise, it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, you love the 10-win season. The program is not where it was with Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. And yet... But you can only hold on to that for so long. Exactly. So is the time to get rid of Harbaugh yet? No. But it's getting closer. Could it come? Yeah, eventually, if you can't win the big games, it'll come. And that's all I'll say on that for now. Totally agree. Let's look at the national championship game that's happening on Monday at 8 p.m. Number two, Clemson takes on number one, Alabama. This might be the most clear 1v2 that we've had in a long time. I agree. Now, I guess you could argue that Alabama-Clemson the last few years has been that way, but just there's no other team this year that you have been able to look at, I don't think. And said, yeah, you know what? This team's right up there with Alabama and Clemson. Not Notre Dame, not Ohio State, not Oklahoma, not Georgia. So I will say I was there's not... There's a big gap separation there. I will say I was not very impressed with how either of these teams played last weekend. Really? I, I'm. They're good. They're obviously number one and number two. But they didn't always look like they were number one and number two. For example, Alabama only scoring 45 points against Oklahoma, the second worst defense in all of college football surprised me. Now I can also, this is also a weird time of year where people are trying to save players for the next game, but it's also the semifinal. You're not saving players for well, the next but game. But I think this actually goes back to something I, I may have actually got right in our bowl predict, uh, predictions and projections, I'll let you own it. which is, I think I said, I only thought Alabama would score about that many points because with a lead, I'm expecting them to run the ball more and worry less about having to throw the ball deep and score points and you know maintain with Oklahoma. They had such a big lead that they were able to do a little bit more of that ball possession, even though the game got closer later on. I do think that the spread is correct. With that being said, I do think the spread is correct with a six-point favorite to Alabama. My prediction is that it's going to be 28-17 to 17 Alabama. It won't be a super a high. Scoring it game, won't It won't be huh? super high because they're competitive. It's close. They are almost identical when you're looking at the stats. That points per game are at just about 45 points per game on both sides. Points allowed is 14 points for each team. I mean, they they look identical. I think they're both really good on offense and defense. They're well-balanced. I think it won't be a super high-scoring game because of how good their defenses are, but I do think that Alabama will win. And before I get off into Nick Saban, do you have any other thoughts? I think that the score will be a little bit more than that because I can see this game being defensive, like either at the beginning or at the end, if that makes sense. But I see the offenses having a little bit of a back-and-forth duel throughout it. I've got a 35-34. I've got a one-point game. And I truly think that Clemson actually gets the win here. And I I don't think that's an incredible upset or anything like that. I think that's probably not the the common pick for sure. It's hard to pick against Alabama. But I just think that Clemson... I look at it this way. If Oklahoma had had Clemson's defense in the semifinal, Oklahoma wins that game. You know, Oklahoma has a decent defense in that game. Oklahoma probably wins that game. So Clemson's offense, I think, is just as good as Oklahoma's. Maybe you can make an argument, oh, it's a little bit worse. Okay, they're both really good offenses, but Clemson's defense. If Oklahoma had had Clemson's defense, they would have won. So for that reason, 
And, and I think especially because that 28 nothing hole will not happen on Monday night. Right. I think Clemson gets a little bit of the edge. I think they win. And also, these teams have traded off wins. It's been Bama, Clemson, Bama, totally. and now we're in round four of this <laughs> knock-it-down, drag-out fight. I think it's Clemson's turn. I think Dabo gets a second national title. I think something to also look out for is the run game on Clemson. Clemson definitely runs the ball a lot more than Alabama. They have almost 100 more yards rushing than Alabama does. Uh, And obviously, Tua Tagovailoa, the Heisman candidate, uh, has thrown 41 touchdowns versus uh, Lawrence's 27. I do think that we will see slightly more of a run game. It'll be interesting to see how Alabama's defense handles that. I said something in the hallway that kind of took – Jace by surprise. And I said that I think if Alabama wins this year, which I think they will, but only if they win this year, Nick Saban will retire. So give me a reason why you think that he would step down from. I'll give you a few of them. (laughs) Okay. He's 67 years old. He has been professionally coaching for 46 years. That's a long time. And he also burns hot, just like Urban Meyer. He is always fired up. I The one stupid thing that his player did during the game, did you see him come unglued? I thought the skin was going to come off of his face, and there was just going to be a skull yelling at this kid who just, he like mouthed off and said something. But he came unglued, and he has a tendency to do this a lot, whether it's in the game on the sideline or if it's at the press conference. He makes over $11 million per year. He's been with Alabama since 2007. He's been with Alabama since 2007. He has an overall record of 232 wins and 62 losses. Wow. He's 14 and 9 in bowl games, six national championships, eight SEC champs, and four-time SEC coach of the year. If you he has he has not only solidified his spot in the greatest college coach of all time, then he has added more and more concrete and 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 put a barbed wire fence around that. He's there, what else is there to prove? If he if he does win a national title on Monday, he will pass Bear Bryant for the most all time. We'll have that fact checked, but I, I believe that that's correct. That he will then have the most national titles of any coach ever. So for that reason, I'm not saying that I agree with you, but I will buy what you're selling. I think though, it's more plausible than what people initially think, and I think yeah, America wants that too. I certainly want it. I know you want it. And well, yeah, we're no sick one wants of to see it. Alabama continue I know. to do this. I not even say, their fans. I their fans say, are going to the games. I'll say this too. You know, it has been purported that Clemson, Alabama, over and over again is bad for the game, and yet the response would be. If you're so sick of it, then somebody beat them because these are the two best teams in college football consistently year in, year out. Alabama for longer than Clemson has been, but certainly for the last few years, this is, again, one of the clearest national title games, 1v2 that you're going to see. And I think it could be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I expect a really, really good football game. This just in, your question was correct. Nick will be the winningest yeah. national championship coach. So by that by that token, then I find what you're saying plausible, even though I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm fully there. But I think plausible. it's coming very soon. If it's not this year, it's next year. I think it's very, very soon. And I soon. guess the question at that point would be, what difference does it make if you win the national title? You're the all-time winning, you know, national title holder as a coach. This year versus next year. So diminishing returns seem to be growing. Now, of course, I don't think that will happen because I don't think that Bama wins the game. So 
We shall see. So there you go. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to recap the national championship for me to talk about what I called and, and predicted correctly, much like this episode was. And by the way, make sure that you tweet at us during the national title game. We're going to try and keep an eye on our Twitter account to be able to interact with you at Jace and Mitch, J-A-C-E and Mitch. You can use the hashtag rival pod as well. That helps us keep track of the conversations. And thank you again for listening. we got one more to go and a big game coming up on Monday night. Not just a game. It's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.